at first I thought I wasn't going to do an episode today, but I am going to do an episode. It'll probably be brief, and I'll explain why in a minute. So get ready and tighten your seatbelts, because, ladies and gentlemen, this is FritzCast. It is Friday, May 25th, 2018, and guys, May 25th is a very important day to me. Because it is the day that I entered this world. I entered this world after surviving a nine-month gestation period where I could have become any number of things because a human fetus is not actually a person, uh, according to arguments about uh, abortion and such. We're not going to dive into that. I'm just glad that I made it through that, came out, and uh, and am now experiencing life and God's green earth and everything that's uh, anything anything and everything that's in it for me because this is all absolutely actually this is all about me. It's all about me and what I want today. That's what happens when it's your birthday, all right. And that's probably why this episode will end up being shorter. I think uh, everybody can understand that uh, there's birthday festivities to be had. Uh, the, the typical of the 21st century birthday lifestyle, your phone goes off every four seconds with somebody wishing you happy birthday. But, uh, you know, that is what it is. 29 years on God's green earth. And, uh, you know, it's been one hectic, uh, role of a life all the way through now. And, and I think I said a week a week or so ago. Um, I was freaking out for a little bit, but now I'm more like, ah, oh, you know, I have a whole another year before I turn thirty. Next year is really going to be the test of hitting thirty and having to, you know, like, having to sit there and think, what have I done with my life? Oh my god, you know, I'll probably have a midlife crisis that I'm not supposed to have until I'm forty. But uh, it, you know, it is what it is. I'm uh, I'm very happy to be turning 29 today. Uh, very excited for the day's adventures that awaits uh, for today and over the weekend. Very much looking forward to all of that. And the other part of the reason that I don't really, you know, it doesn't phase me that I'm turning 29 is that I'm still under 30, but also I'm still the youngest sibling in the family. That 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 doesn't change from from this point on. I can get as old as possible, and I will literally look around at my family, and I'll be like, hey, who's the youngest sibling of this whole bunch? Me. It's me. I'm the youngest one of the bunch. So, you know, it's great because, like, you know, for example, my sister and her family from Arizona came in. Her daughter, of course, my niece, uh, shares my birthday. She was born on this day as well, and I remember it fondly because... I was uh, the only free person to go over to my sister's house while she was in labor with all of her other children's at home on my birthday to say, hey, your parents ain't here because your sister's born today. And they're all like, isn't today your birthday? I was like, yep, today is my birthday, and it's also your new sister's birthday. Congratulations. So they're in town. Uh, we're going out to a big uh, lunch-type thing uh, in a couple hours from now, which will be great. Um, tonight I'm seeing Solo, a Star Wars story, so maybe I'll write up a little uh, non-spoilerific review. Is there, can you really... Can you spoil a story 
of somebody that you don't even like. This movie coming out, let me give you my initial feelings on Solo, A Star Wars Story. Probably wholly unnecessary as a film to come out. Probably. Because Han Solo is cool. Alright, Han Solo was cool as was, is. And a lot of that was thanks to Harrison Ford and his demeanor. His his ability to play that character. A character which, by the way, Harrison Ford hates. Actors that hate characters tend to play the best versions of them. That's why Alec uh, Guinness was a great Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, people think of Obi-Wan Kenobi, they think of an iconic movie character in, in all of cinematic history, and Alec Guinness was like, it's dumb. He's a dumb old wizard. That was that was Alec Guinness's view. He hated being Obi-Wan, but that's what made it so great. That's what makes Han Solo so great. Harrison Ford didn't want to play him. And now, is it Disney cash grabbing? Of course it is. But you know what? Disney has made good Star Wars films with maybe a debatable exception of The Last Jedi. Because The Force Awakens was great. Almost everybody unanimously loved The Force Awakens. Great return, intriguing new backdrop and characters. You know, so many questions and mysteries. Last Jedi came along and kind of pooped over some of those things. Uh, thanks, Ryan Johnson. You know, hopefully your standalone trilogy is good. You you have, you clearly have the capability of directing and having excellent shots and action sequences and all that. You clearly have that going for you. But ultimately, I think you should not have been given the reins to the sophomoric title for this trilogy. And hopefully J.J. Abrams comes in and fixes all the problems. Maybe he will, maybe he won't, I don't know. That being said, uh, Rogue One is actually the pinnacle, in my book at least anyway, in a lot of Star Wars fans' books, Rogue One is the pinnacle of Star Wars movie potentials. Uh, Rogue One came out and like swept us off of our freaking feet. It's It, it was a movie that we loved. Nearly start to finish, we thought it was perfection. And the only time a lightsaber is ignited in Rogue One is for literally a minute and a half at the end of the film. Literally. But we loved Rogue One. We loved the storyline. We loved the character developments. We loved that you uh, did some pretty damn good CGI. And for... A handful of seconds fooled us into thinking that you had uh, Peter Cushing on there as Grand Moff Tarkin. You, you really, and that's we we loved it. We loved it. Some of us fucking cried. I'll admit it. I I I got teary eyed when certain things were happening in that film. If I rank Star Wars films in order of of what's come out, Rogue One is sits at number two. Right behind Empire Strikes Back. Right behind Empire Strikes Back. And Empire Strikes Back is... Is the the golden chalice of Star Wars films. But Rogue One came very... It was scraping. It was scraping. It wasn't going to overthrow it, but it was scraping it. And I think there's still potential in... Star Wars stories, like just just yesterday, for for example, they announced 
that the man that wrote Logan, the X-Men Wolverine final chapter, which was a pretty amazing movie, and I'm not so hype on the X-Men. I'm not knee-deep into that like I am in the Star Wars and stuff, but Logan and I walked out of appreciating for what it was. The guy that wrote that is is was announced yesterday that he's tasked to write a Boba Fett film. That has potential. That that gets my jollies going for Star Wars. That is absolutely explore Boba Fett and see what he's been doing as a bounty hunter. Because his screen time has been so limited. So, so limited. Character development can come in there. You can get some interesting backstories. You can make him a, a true uh, bad arse, if you know what I mean. This Han Solo movie, which the the selection of Alden Ehrenreich, I'll hold off on criticizing his performance until I see it tonight. But initially, I wasn't I wasn't hot on that. I was into Anthony Ingruber, who played Harrison Ford, who played a younger Harrison Ford in flashbacks in a movie called Age of Adeline. Never saw that movie, but I saw the flashback scenes, and Anthony Ingruber is like Harrison Ford when he was 19. Like the embodiment of him. He's, he is Harrison Ford. So I was a bit miffed that he wasn't picked. It's Disney, it's corporate, you know, they get to do what they get to do. So Ron Howard, we'll see if Ron Howard truly did save this film. From what I've read from the reviews, they say it's a fun ride. They say it's it's completely unnecessary, but it's a fun ride. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what comes of that tonight. So that's just some of the birthday plans. My wife has something else planned over the, the course of the weekend on, on Saturday tomorrow. I have no idea what. She won't budge. Actually, she holds that stuff over my head. I like surprises. My wife hates surprises. Hates and loathes surprises. If you tell her that something's coming, but you don't tell her what, she will nag and nag and nag until you either break or get so annoyed that you just don't even talk to her. That's my wife. When she says, I have a surprise for you, I'm like, ooh, that's awesome. I can't wait till the surprise comes. And she goes, you want me to tell you? No. No, I don't want you to tell me. Okay, well, do this for me, or I will tell you what your surprise is. I like surprises. She knows that. She dangles that over my head. She hates surprises. I could, you know... My wife, when she goes and buys a book, flips to the last couple of pages and reads the last couple of pages and then starts to read the book. And I don't understand that at all. I really... I, it, it drives me insane when she does that. Uh, you know, that's like going into a movie and being told what happens in the movie. Like... And there's going to be some big plot twist point. Like, imagine if you went to go see Empire Strikes Back for the first time, and somebody just out and out told you, "Hey, um, Darth Vader is Luke's father." Ah, uh, you ruined the whole the, the whole twisty part part of the film. You you ruined it. You ruined it up front. So that's what she does. She picks up books and reads the last couple pages. I'm like, how do you do that? How? How do you read the final pages of the book and then flip and start reading the book? It doesn't add, but. That's like, you might as well just go onto Wikipedia and read the synopsis of the book. Then it'll tell you everything that's in the book, and then you can, you know, just enjoy the experience of, of reading through it. I hate that. I hate that. For example, I love the Dresden Files. I'm on, like, book 11, all right? 
yeah, it's tempting to like figure out what happens, but I enjoy reading the book. It'll take me a couple weeks to read the book. My wife will burn through a book in, in one week. Whereas, like, for me, it's like a month later, and I'm like, I just finished that book. And she's like, just now? I finished three. What are you talking about? And I'm like, whatever. I enjoy reading and, and the experience, and I'm a slow reader anyway, so. Big guy, dumb brain thing. Sure. And I'm that type of person who will, I will kill you over, over spoilers. I mean, I will I just murder you, eviscerate you. I will throw you off the top of the building, whatever. Don't spoil crap for people. Let them experience. Don't hang that over there. That's the worst thing about the digital world nowadays is that trying to keep something a secret and not spoil it. You have to do it on your own. And I mean, I do a fairly good job. I still don't know what happened in Walking Dead. All right. Am I going to watch it? I don't know, because after about season four, I was like, all this is is people dying very slowly, fighting off hordes of zombies. That's it. That's all it is. At the end of the day, that's all it is. It's just everybody's going to die in Walking Dead. Everybody. They're all dead. So, uh, news-wise, politics-wise, politicals-wise, you know, uh, Donald Trump just the other day, announced that uh, he's calling off the summit with Kim Jong-un. Oh my god. Uh, we were wasn't what weren't Trump fans getting ready to give the guy the, the Nobel Peace Prize, which by the way, it's at least a little more qualifying than President Obama getting the Nobel Peace Prize for just being full of hope. I think that's why they gave President Obama the Nobel Peace Prize. I think they gave it to him because he was just full of hope. Like, this guy's full of hope, and he's going to bring the change of the hope. We're hoping, at least anyway. And what's even funnier than that, former President Obama was just quoted saying something about Trump's presidency, and then referring to his own presidency, saying that his, Barack Obama's, presidency was not full of scandals. Ha! (laughs) Ha 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 Oh my god, I cannot, you know, I am not a fair-weather political player or a party-line tower. I don't really do that. I guess I do on the libertarian scale, but even then, like, Arvind Vahora, the co-chair, if you know what's been going on with him, I don't care for Arvind Vahora. It's part of the reason why I'm not a, a, a full-blown registered donating to the Libertarian Party Libertarian. That's the that's as far as you have to look into it to figure out that about me. So I'm not even a I don't even play the party line with libertarianism. That's the sad part. But I don't hail President Obama as the quintessential perfect president uh, who had not one bad mark on his record because guess what? He's a human being. He had his own things. He had some pretty dumb ideas. And yes, he had scandals. Oh my God. I get it. Trump sucks. You don't like him. He is bombastic. He's loud. He's uncouth. He's unethical. He's, uh, his character's flawed. I get it. I get it. I'm not a Trump fan. Not a full-blown MAGA guy. I don't wear MAGA hats. I don't tout about how every little thing Donald Trump does is awesome, because it's not. I don't. 
But I'm not going to sit here and say that Obama's clean. And if you are somebody who's, who says, you know, oh, Obama is perfect. No bad marks on his record during his eight-year presidency. Not, not, not a, nary a bad mark ever. Oh, my God. Get out. We can't, we can't even have a discussion then. You're not allowed to be part of the discussion if you're not going to criticize him. You need to. So Donald Trump says he's calling off the summit with Kim Jong-un. North Korea has been doing this, this silly back and forth. Like, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. So they had the, the summit with South Korea. Hey, peace, unification. Uh, yeah, we want to denuclearize. But wait, if Donald Trump only wants to talk about denuclearization, that's off the table, and we might not even have our, uh, our discussion. We might not even have our summit and our meeting. So what does Donald Trump do? He comes out and he says, all right, well, uh, meeting's off because of his rhetoric. You know, he's, he's, he's being very openly hostile and all that. So I'm not, you know, it's unfortunate. It would be nice to have the talks, but we're done. The whole thing, like I said, I, I, I've said it at least twice now, but the whole thing, I've felt very off about it from the beginning. And now I see, now the way that I take it, is that it's just more of, of this power-playing, back-and-forth pissing contest. I don't think Kim Jong-un's intentions were noble in the slightest in the beginning. I think it was circumstantial. And he wants to try to play this a certain way in which he looks powerful, which right now it kind of looks like he played the world. So, unfortunately, even though I look at him and I don't give him any respect because he doesn't deserve any. Unfortunately, Kim Jong-un and North Korea got points for the grandstanding, for the facade that they put on for the world. And now South Korea is even scrambling a little bit to figure things out. Yet despite this, North Korea releases a statement. We're still willing to, you know, open and talk and all that, even though we just said that it can't be all about denuclearization because that's off the table, yet they're destroying tunnels and other nuclear sites, allegedly. And the funniest thing I read about this, the funniest thing, I lost it when I pulled this up at work the other day. There was a coin, a commemorative coin made for this summit that didn't happen yet that people bought and the news was reporting, you know, it's very, these were actual news stories on news websites where they said the headlines were, it's unfortunate that the summit is being canceled. What is to become of the commemorative coin? (laughs) what what's to become of the commemorative coin of the thing that never happened the thing that was being hyped that never happened never happened but the minute it was talked about it was all if Trump pulls this off he deserves a Nobel Peace Prize if Trump pulls this off it could be world peace before it even happened look I don't want to say that we got conned, and that Trump got conned. I think 
we were a bit too overly optimistic. If you become too optimistic, you can blind yourself to reality. You can blind yourself to being skeptical. Which me and a lot of people I know, when the North Korea thing was first announced back in March, we were skeptical. Even die-hard, no-war libertarians that I know. Even they were skeptical. Because it's a situation. I don't want there to be a world war. I don't. I think that's a waste of so many things, first and foremost being life. Such a waste of life, bloodshed, time, money, resources. That's because me in my mind now, I'm like, this is the 21st century. Can we just get on, can, can humanity just get at a level of at least some mutual respect for each other? But that's, that's impossible. It is, it's inconceivable. You keep saying that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. But the, the drive home takeaway point that I want you guys to get through your heads over this North Korea thing is what is to become of the commemorative coin because maybe some of us bought it and now it's it's it never freaking happened. Is this going to be a coin that ends up in a museum 20 well let's not even say 20 years. Let's just say like, you know, 100 years from now. It's in a museum. They're like, "Oh yeah, that's that's the coin that uh then President Donald Trump had made up to commemorate a summit between him and Kim Jong Un, a, a an insane leader from uh, uh, a despotic uh, country of North Korea where he oppressed his people and, and Trump was going to signify the fact that he bridged this gap that nobody else could bridge with this commemorative coin. And But, I mean, it didn't happen, though. So they made a bunch of these coins, <laughs> and they're useless. Uh, another big thing that happened uh, just the other day, the NFL came out and announced that it has a new policy regarding the national anthem that all players must stand. If they wish to not stand, they can remain in the locker room during the pregame ceremonies. And that any player found to be kneeling uh, in protest during the national anthem, well, those... That will garner a fine against that football club organization. Basically, oh, a, a player's kneeling on the field during the national anthem uh, from the Baltimore Ravens, for example. The Baltimore Ravens will be fined per player doing that on the field. Caused a lot of buzz, and and this is one of those things that I can't I can't wrap my libertarian brain around it not disappearing. The most controversial thing that we can talk about right now is this subject. This subject, a private organization, the National Football League, who employs people like football players making rules of employment or conditions of employment, a.k.a. they want to play the national anthem before their games commence, and during that time, they want all the players standing. That's a more or less condition of employment. That's what the NFL wants. Why do they want that? You have you do have the narrative of 
President Trump, the Trump administration, pushing the ins- pushing the issue constantly. Donald Trump has so many fish to fry, but none bigger than the football player that kneels during the national anthem before a football game. Donald Trump focuses lots of time and energy talking about that. An action that quite literally affects nary a one of us. Not a single one of us. And he criticized the NFL, as did many people on the internet, for allowing players to do that. To me, dumb thing to argue about. Um, But apparently, in America, the land of the free and the home of the brave, um, apparently in the land of the free, people are far more mad that you're not standing up for freedom and that you're taking the freedom to kneel to protest something and they don't agree with your form of protest. So it's cool to put a gun to the back of your head and force the patriotism. Put put up a false image, if you will. That's the... This is what I'm getting at. Okay, so the NFL is a private organization. They can make that rule if they want. This is this is a very... This is a good libertarian talking point and stance to take right now. The NFL can make whatever rules it wants as an employer. It's a private organization. You willingly engage in employment with them. They make up a code of conduct. Every place of work I've ever worked at has a code of conduct. They have a code of conduct that, that, that pretty much lays out what they expect you to do while you're on the clock working and earning money from this organization. Because they have agreed to pay you as an employee. So in the NFL's code of conduct now, it's, hey, uh, we're going to play the national anthem before our games, the teams are going to be out on the field, and everybody's going to stand. If you're kneeling, you're violating our policy, we will find the team. The team could then, likewise, put pressure on you to not do that. All of this is on company time. And me, you know, whatever. It's a private company. Let them do that. That's fine. You know how many people work at private companies and they can't get Sunday off for their, you know, quote, religious beliefs because, sorry, this place operates on Sunday and you're going to have to work on some Sundays? Like, for real. For real. That, that, that's a discussion to have, isn't it? So, so many people could say, I need to have off on Sunday because of my religious beliefs. And that might be somewhat true. Yeah, I'm a former Mormon. That's a big Mormon thing. You don't work on the Sabbath. You know? It's the Lord's Day. Um, that being said, I have exclusively worked on the Sabbath for years, uh, including when I was attending church actively because there was no way to dance around it. It was either, you know, hey, you got to work on some Sundays or otherwise, I mean, you might not be employed here. But let's just we we can take it a step further than that though. We I mean we can. Um, you know, workplaces generally have a uniform, all right? Yeah, you have to come in here wearing decent stuff. What we classify as decent. Some of them even have straight 
matching uniforms because we want everybody to be uniformed. You're representing us. You're wearing our uniform. You know, shut up. And it's not really like people don't fight that on like, you know, oh, I don't you know. I don't want to work for this organization and wear their uniforms. Well, then go find another job. You go find a job that says you, you don't have to wear our company uniform or standard or whatever. It's a condition of employment. So I don't have so many hang-ups on that, so to speak. That being said, I don't agree with the NFL putting that out there. Me, as a private individual, I can say, well, you know, that's stupid of the NFL to do. It's really dumb because what's somebody kneeling during the anthem do anyway? Some people would cite revenue. Some people would say the NFL took a loss in revenue. Some people would say the viewership in the NFL declined. This is something that I've already fought against, though. This is something that we've talked about on this program, in the blog posts, and what, what have you. That in this digital world... The viewership of the NFL actually didn't really decline, if you look at it. Because streaming was up, and if we look at the top like 10 things that were viewed this past year, the NFL didn't decline, it was still dominating in the top 10. So it's an arbitrary discussion, because we're in an evolving world of technology, and technology is killing traditional things like cable. But basically, you could argue that the NFL did that because maybe they did look at that and say, oh, look, we're taking a hit here. There's a vocal amount of people that say they don't like to see this, so this is what we're going to do to counter it. We could extend this conversation and dive into the fact that the NFL received money from the government to start pregame national anthem traditions and bring in the military onto the field. We could. At the end of the day, for the NFL, the, the reason for them doing anything is over money. It's over money. And in talking about sports, I mean, I like the NFL. I watch the NFL. I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. Philadelphia Eagles finally became Super Bowl freaking champions. I'm a fan of the NFL. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to criticize the NFL. Think about football stadiums when they get built. You know who foots the bill for football stadiums? Is it the billion-dollar organization of the NFL? No. It's taxpayers. It's cities forking over millions, if not billions of dollars, to build a sports complex. A.K.A. Big government. Helping big company. And it happens all the time. That's right. Football stadiums get built on the backs of you taxpayers. Do you think I, as a libertarian, agree with that? No. No, I don't. Especially not when the billion-dollar organization... isn't footing the bill for that stuff, but reaping the benefits of it. So whatever the NFL decides, it's it's their choice. Their employees is who it directly affects. And that's between them and their employees. And, you know, an interesting thought popped in the head. The XFL, Vince McMahon said he's, you know, bringing back the Extreme Football League, which 
blew up when he first debuted it. I thought to myself, well, now there's competition. Like, people could just go to the XFL if they think that it's bullcrap that the NFL does that. However, I think Vince McMahon and the NX- and the XFL have a condition similar to that in that he said players are going to stand for the national anthem. So, I don't know what to tell you. What I do know to, what to tell you is, is that we have First Amendment freedom of speech, which isn't necessarily granted to you while you're at your place of employment because maybe your place of employment has conditions that say you're not bringing in your personal politics on company time. That might be a fact. Think about it. When, when you go to, if, if you go to Starbucks, some people probably don't go to Starbucks, but let's just say you go to a coffee shop or whatever. When you go to a coffee shop and you order your coffee, do you want the cashier to sit there and talk to you about, you know, uh, you know, President Trump is so blah, blah, blah. Or do you want them to be writing MAGA 2020 on your coffee cup? No, you just want your freaking cup of coffee and to leave. Right? So there's that there's that angle and that aspect too. Because nobody is saying that any of those NFL players can't do things on their own time and be politically active and engaged versus what they're doing while they're on company time earning their hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars playing a game. That's just that's just an angle and an aspect to think about. But 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 is that going to die? Is that is this conversation ever going to die and go away? No, because people love to argue and bicker over the freedom of speech, what it means to respect the troops and the flags and the national anthem, what you are allowed to do during it, what you're not allowed to do during it, what you should do during it, and then you got Donald Trump saying that maybe if players don't want to stand for the national anthem, maybe they should be deported. Okay. I'm, you know, libertarian here, uh, even as a conservative who likes limited government and all that, I don't like the idea of forced nationalism. I don't want somebody standing next to me during the national anthem paying that respect simply because we're holding a gun to the back of their head and saying, do it. That's not what I want. That's not what anybody should want. You shouldn't want this forced nationalism. It's not even patriotism, because I define patriotism different from just holding your hand over your heart during the national anthem and standing and respecting those who have fallen in defense of this country and all that. I think patriotism goes even deeper than that. But there is this thing in America that even though you have the freedom to do whatever you want, if you're not standing during the national anthem if you don't place your hand over your heart during the national anthem you know that's bad and you shouldn't even be here despite the fact that the whole concept is that you have the freedom to do that people have the freedom to think what they want about people who do that it's not that complex of an issue it's not that big a deal in my head and that's that, that that's where it's at 
So that's the two big subjects for this week. It's my birthday week. I am going to cut this short. Because it's my it's my birthday week. It's my birthday, people. So I am going to take a little mini sabbatical of sorts. You still got 37 minutes of the Fritzcast. On my birthday, no less. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope that was some food for thought for you. What What is to become of these commemorative coins with Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un that I didn't buy? I don't even know. I don't even know because I'm too angry about what a football player is doing during the national anthem that hurts nobody. That That's where it's at. So guys, thank you. I love you all. Uh, follow me on Twitter at FritzQS. Facebook.com slash the FritzCast. FritzCast.wordpress.com for the blog. And also check out 71republic.com where I submitted a contribution um, in regards to the latest tragedy at a high school involving guns, which I know we didn't talk about today on the program. I will actually cover that a little bit more uh, at a later time. Because there's also been an Oklahoma incident involving guns as well. And uh, to dive in deeper to that subject, I mean, it, I think it deserves a little more reverence than this wacky zany episode can give it. Um, so check out 71 Republic for my entry on that. And then um, if you need to get in contact with me, it's fritzcast at fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com for all your fritzcast podcast needs love you all and i'll see you next week